law is more than the policeman on the corner, more than the courthouse where our laws are enforced, more than the jail where lawbreakers are punished. In your whole community, there are customs and moral codes which guide your actions. What social controls affect you? I'm going through a lot. I'm in school, I'm trying to find employment. Um, I haven't slept a full night since I've been home because of the living environment that I'm in. This is Life of the Law. I'm Nancy Mullane. We all know if you break the law, you might find yourself in prison doing time. But what about after you've done the time? What happens then when you come home? Today on Life of the Law, we have the story of Troy Williams. I didn't go to prison because I was a saint. I went to prison because of my lifestyle. Since the age of 13, I was a gangbanger and did what gangbangers do. I'm 49 years old now. After 20 years of a life sentence, I got paroled. That was a year ago. My name is Troy Williams, and this is the diary of my first year as a free man. (laughs) One of the first things I did when I got out was spend time with my wife. You better focus on the road, woman. I'm trying. (laughs) My wife and I met while I was serving time. She was a volunteer. And no, we didn't cross any lines when she was a volunteer. Not that one. Play the first one. (laughs) Slow or fast? Slow. We got married in the visiting room at San Quentin. For prison weddings, it was pretty romantic. It was pretty nice. She stitched her own little dress together, which was just beautiful. It was just a white, tight, (laughs) very gorgeous gown. I made a bow tie out of some jean material. We were planning to build a future together, talking about our dreams. I had been doing video and radio production inside, and she built websites and was a researcher. We both were the creative types, and we were planning to build something big together. So that's what I love about us, babe. I really do. Like, I really love that we on the same I wanted to take things slow, right? Like, because I knew we hadn't lived in the free world together. And parole sort of, like, made the decision for me. Like, you're going to this transitional house and you have to be there at least six months. It's like a halfway house. It's like a, a, a less structured environment that helps you transition from prison to being able to be on your own in the free world. 
the transitional uh, place where you know I was told to go the, the neighborhood that it was in like a lot of triggers came up for me on the, on the outside I mean you walk up you walk to the house there's a dope spot directly next door to the spot um, there is you know prostitutes like hanging out on the corner people would just come and dump their trash on the corner like as though it was a dump you know You know, I I was a guy prior to prison who, like, I kept a pistol on me. Like, like there was not a day in my life that I didn't have a gun on on my hip. And so, I'm walking out and I'm I'm feeling myself triggered by this environment, and I'm like, I find myself looking for a means of protecting myself, and. The way I, I used to protect myself was to keep a pistol on me. So if somebody tried me, that, you know, I would be able to defend myself. Um, but, you know, obviously I'm on parole. <laughs> I'm not trying to go back to prison. And so that's not an option for me. I just got off the bus and. I guess this is West Oakland. I'm not really sure, but as I walked up, I couldn't help but think about my fears. And as I'm walking up, I see a bunch of, you know, black guys hanging out, uh, you know, in the park. And, you know, where I'm from, when dudes is hanging out in the park, uh, they're affiliated from somewhere, and this is their territory. And so it brings up a lot of issues for me. Um, one issue is that here we are um, talking about all the racism and the controversy over race, but most of my life, people I fought with were the black men. There's a deep sense of irony and conflict just in that thought alone. Here it is. I know that I'm at war with a race. Spiritually and perhaps uh, psychologically, but I'm physically warring with my own. I can't help but think how stupid that's been.
appreciate driving my car. Like I sacrificed my car. I could use it for my stuff. And I gave it to you so you can achieve something. Two weeks after I was home, the arguments began. It was it was almost immediately. Yeah. Two weeks. So so all of that time about making your partner a priority and all that other stuff, you say it, it sounds good. You say it, but then you don't do it. Because you demand it. You demand okay. and you play in games. Alright. And you don't respect what I my my needs. You okay. don't respect at all. I've been putting your needs as a priority all, all right, this I hear time. You. That's why your websites are up and running. And they've been built and rebuilt and rebuilt again. Right. Because you don't know, apparently, you don't know what you want. So it's all about your websites. It's been all about you. And you don't even realize how hard it is to figure that all out. All that stuff. That it's not like one day work. It's really, it's a lot of stuff. To build a website is, is, is work. Then going and picking you up every single weekend. You don't even remember that, obviously. That I did spend my money to go there and pick you up and, and be, get you a huge uh, uh, bag of groceries every weekend so you can take it with you. That you never will remember. But you, you, you will remember what you did. And you will remind me of, of what I didn't do for you. I, I don't even know why I keep feeding into this. Because you don't understand this business. Okay. A lot of I, research. That's why. Okay. That's why you don't don't you have nothing to say. Right. It's almost every single day you would call me and ask for something. I even, way back, I, I was writing it down, everything you were asking me every single day. Just to show you, but then I, I forgot, and I got off track, but I should have write everything down. Every single day you would call me and ask for something. Babe, do that. Babe, do that. Babe, contact this. Babe, build this. Babe, add, add this to the website. Babe, do this every almost every single day and you don't even remember that you don't realize that and i was always available i don't want to be one of those people who lives from paycheck to paycheck like a, a part of me refuses to live like that so i have to i believe i have to Keep stepping forward. Keep putting the pressure forward. Keep marching forward so I can put the things in place so that I can build a cushion for myself. Like it's like right now, if anything could happen, a ticket, car getting on a flat, there is no fallback. Inside, if I didn't feel like getting up and I didn't feel like going to work, I just stayed inside and slept, and I could watch TV all day long if that's what I wanted to do. I. I Whereas here, you can't. Like, either you're going to work or you're living on the street. I mean, it's kind of a 
a different pressure from prison, but it's still a pressure, right? Part of me wants to be relieved of all the pressures that I've been up under. Like, I'm ready for the pressures to end. And I don't see them ending <laughs> in the next year. So, so I remember when I first got locked up, my daughter was, um, like, I had full custody of my oldest daughter. I had just won full custody of her and the case, my case was refiled and, you know, I was sent to jail, eventually sentenced and went to prison. And my daughter would write and she would ask me all the time, you know, daddy, when you coming home, daddy, when you coming home and like, how do you, tell her that I don't know. Like I, I never had an answer for her. I don't know when I'm coming home. You know, this is this is Father's Day and I'm I'm glad I get to spend it with you. We talked about the moment I was finally able to tell her that I was coming home. Um I thought you somebody playing on my phone. I was about to hang up and then you started laughing. That's why I was like, oh Whoa, this is real. So then after we talked and you said you were going to be home, but I wasn't going to be able to see you for about until you get situated and everything, I understood that. And then I had to call my grandma, and I had to call Cookie. I had to call the two immediate people to really, like, clarify them. Like, am I tripping? Grandma like, no, you're not tripping. I'm like, all right, I'm going to call you back because I need to, um, I need some water. I need to think about this. <laughs> so, I wasn't expecting that. But, I was glad that it was over. Like, it took so long. And to be honest, like, I almost started giving up. I don't want to say giving up, but I almost started being content with that you probably wouldn't even get out. I almost started to accept the fact that you probably wouldn't get That's about it. I mean, I can go on and on, but I'm good. So I love you, baby. I love you, too. And I'm sorry to you, okay? Don't. I know. <laughs> I want some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it.
No, I don't. I, I'm, I I'm talking. Ready. I'm talking. I don't want to hear you talk. Well, I'm talking. I don't want to hear you talk. Things with my wife was getting pretty bad. I'm not. I'm done arguing. No, it's not arguing. You have I to know, respect I, my I opinion. I don't want. I don't want okay. to hear it. I don't want to hear it though. You don't have to snap. Have back. some boundaries. It seemed to, like every time we were together, we were arguing. I don't want to hear it. How come? If this relationship, if you want to work on it, you listen and you take into consideration what people tell you. Like she would get mad, she would cry, she would physically get mad. You say you love me, you say you care about me, but the action, your actions, tell, tell, say you otherwise. I felt like I could do nothing right, you know. Like, you know, if I if 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 I didn't say I love you with enough passion, it was wrong. You know, if I didn't hug you with just the right tension, it wasn't right, and it was wearing me down. And it's, it's not healthy, you know. So I'm, I'm struggling to, to take care of myself and then at the same time not abandon her. Very difficult. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going through a lot. I'm in school. I'm trying to find employment. Um, I haven't slept a full night since I've been home because of the living environment that I'm in. My marriage is having its difficulties, and I'm holding a lot inside. As much as I've tried to pretend and put the face out there that everything is okay, that I got it all together, it's difficult. And the difficult part is allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to tell people. After about eight months, my wife and I separated. I was sad, and I'm still sad, um, because I consider myself to be a very loyal person and didn't want to be one of those men who was with the woman while he was incarcerated and not with her when he came home. But ultimately, I felt I had to do what was best for my happiness. Right now, I'm feeling like really overwhelmed. <sighs> wow. And I'm not really sure why. I just went grocery shopping. And I... Uh, well, if you can call it grocery shopping, brought some cereal, some milk, and a few things um, for myself at the house. I'm kind of feeling this deep sense of just uh, like being alone. 
I'll be moving out of the transitional place, uh, which means in a sense, a lot of the security blanket that I had is is leaving, is going to be gone. Uh, I was fed. I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about rent. And now I'm moving into a situation where If I don't buy food, uh, then I won't eat. And it's a little bit, uh, I guess, concerning, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not really sure why. Maybe I'll talk about this more later, but as of right now, I'm just feeling that pressure. Loneliness, in many ways, is for um, relationship. Uh, after about 11 months, I was able to buy my own car. I had been working for the Oakland Post and the Jejunity Project. And it seemed like things were finally moving in a positive direction like so I'm getting off work driving down the freeway and across the bridge past San Quentin and I'm just thinking about everything that's going on in my life right now and uh, I realized that I'm not ready for another relationship I've been kind of sort of dating a woman. Um, just been out a couple of times and, you know, talking and, you know, talking about relationship. But, um, and, and I want to say that too, you know, I know I that ready. things take time to build. And so I, f I really feel like I'm on a good trajectory toward making my dreams happen. Testing one, two, testing. I'm doing a current test to see how um, these levels are gonna come through when I have this phone conversation um, with Ann this morning, who's gonna call me around nine o'clock. So I need to get up and fix me something to eat. Um, Yesterday was my one-year freedom date, and um, I'm loving freedom. I woke up peace. It's a little cold in here this morning, colder than I particularly like it. However, um, I'm free. I need to find me a sweater, though. But I'm free. All right. Thank you very much.
For Life of the Law, I'm Troy Williams. And I'm Nancy Mullane. This episode of Life of the Law was produced by Caitlin Prest and Troy Williams, with editing by Annie Murphy and production assistance from Kirsten Jesuits Heidel. Our engineer is Howard Gelman. Today, we're thrilled to announce that Life of the Law has joined Panoply, the podcast network from Slate that connects sophisticated listeners with top publishers and thinkers. Visit Panoply. Life of the Law is a nonprofit project of the Tide Center. You can make a tax-deductible donation to help cover the direct cost of producing our stories. So take a minute, visit our website, lifeofthelaw.org, and make a much-appreciated gift. You can hear all 72 episodes of Life of the Law, stories about space, people who got away with crimes and others who confessed but didn't do it, the patent war over diapers, and the politics of jury selection, all at Life of the Law, Panoply, iTunes, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to subscribe so you get notices of our upcoming features and behind-the-scenes notes by our producers. Public radio stations can download our episodes for broadcast at Public Radio Exchange, PRX. We're funded by you, our listeners, and by grants from the Law and Society Association, the Open Society Foundations, the Proteus Fund, and the National Science Foundation. Next on Life of the Law, a Christmas Day special, live at San Quentin State Prison. I am all woman, honey. And still more than the man than you will ever be. Okay. No, I never would have been able to do that a year and a half ago when I first got to San Quentin. That's next on Life of the Law. I'm Nancy Mullane. Thanks for listening. <laughs>